We drank Shiner out of Shiner at their own event. That's a good event. They need to just have a Lucy machine for drunk guys like me. That is like pure propaganda from big chocolate milk. Wes is a responsible adult. Travis is an idiot. Everybody knows Marty Smith. They don't know Marty Smith, they don't know ESPN. We're like the MJ Scotty Pippen of, of Can Jam. Don't worry about accolades, go chase the read. I don't think wheat toast exists at Waffle House, Wesley. It does, I ate some this weekend. I have a bachelorette party all next week at my house in Charlotte. You're not responsible for buying the like decorations of that, are you? Hello, my friends, welcome to the Marty Smith Podcast here at Outsider. It is week two of college football. Wesley, I don't know where he is. He looks like he's out in the wilderness somewhere sitting on a camping chair from a Costco. I'm not going to lie, I'm drunk. One of the greatest moments of my career. Travis uh, (laughs) is 100% still drunk. Can you hear my voice? This morning. Travis calls me this morning, and it sounded like he chewed an entire box of Marlboro Reds. Just ate a cactus. I mean, it was the – I mean, I, I I don't even know how to describe what he sounded like. It's obvious to me that he consumed mass quantities of Tito's vodka in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. Congratulations, Travis, as your Ohio State Buckeyes emerge victorious over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Sweating a little bit there, huh? Really good football game. I really enjoyed watching it. I was at a margarita party at my neighbor Dave's house, Dave and Catherine, and uh, I was the life of the party. Let me tell you, I holed up over in the corner and watched uh, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Did sing some Kenny Chesney, She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy Karaoke, and Turn the Party Out Like Hammer in 88. But – I had a really great weekend. Uh, I was in Arkansas. Travis was in Columbus. Wesley Blankenship's Georgia Bulldogs looked like world beaters. Uh, That was a dominant performance against the Oregon Ducks and Dan Lanning in his first game as a head coach for the Ducks. Wesley, is Athens just – everybody's now expecting a national title, I'm sure. No, man. We've been here before. Uh, This is just – Another season for the dogs. Business as usual. I don't know as, if you have uh, been here before. Kirby yeah. Smart. No, we've been I, here I would before. disagree that you've been here before. Um, we've been here before. Just, just I mean, look. I think no, dude, we are ready to beat everybody by 50 points. It's going to be yep. an amazing season. Yeah, that sounds more like it. Yep. That sounds exactly like uh, the narrative that I expect down there. <laughs> uh, man, uh, my that's guy. Just what, that's what everyone says in Athens. They don't have to speak Pappy English. Bennett was hoping uh that guy played his ass off uh made just made plays i mean even even i mean standing in when guys are getting ready to tee off on him and delivering darts uh he just looked absolutely fantastic um i'm he sure was delivering some of the darts people, like a cigarette dispenser i'm sure some people in columbus uh certainly travis was there he can give us this insight i'm sure a lot of people in columbus today are going well we didn't play very well uh but i mean what i mean a, a great victory over a really good really well coached physical opponent and uh just a great i mean it lived up to every bit of the hype in my opinion what was it like being there t man it was it was my first time truly back on campus it's 2015 like I was there in 2019 but I was working so sober so it doesn't count um listen to this guy (laughs) 
He sounds like I mean he he sounds like his voice has been manipulated. Like he's one of those guys on Dateline that they backlight. Actually, that's what Wes looks like and what Travis sounds like. Wes looks like the unnamed witness. Travis sounds like the voice manipulated CSI Gil Grissom voice manipulated witness. I mean, it was fun. Like we get down to campus and I'm uh, sure he committed some crimes too, so it adds up. My uh, no no crimes. I was actually good early on though in the day. Get down there about two ish, and my buddy had a college friend that hit us up and said, "Hey, come meet me, uh, free drinks." And he got us into some VIP inside tailgate thing with free booze and food. And so I, by the time I got to the game, I actually didn't drink during the game because I was tuned up that I didn't need to drink but it was electric i mean lebron james is walking out joe burrow was there jason tatum was there just about every ohio state player in the nfl was there like they they put on a show like it was it was it reminded me of the 2006 ohio state michigan game and the 2005 ohio state texas game that that uh, stadium was electric and you know there were some moments where we did get quiet just because it was weird and man i was nervous and you sent me and golik a text and when you sent that text of the leprechaun dancing, the pucker factor for me at that point, it was <laughs> – I was nervous. I forget what my exact note was, but I did send Travis and Mike Golick Jr. And those of you who are – all seven of you who are avid listeners of the Marty Smith podcast know that Travis had a wager last weekend with, uh, with Golick, with Gojo, that if Notre Dame beat Ohio State, Travis would have to dress as the Notre Dame leprechaun mascot and go to Broadway – sing the Notre Dame fight song and, uh, and cut a jig down there uh, on Broadway. So uh, I did say I sent like a gif. Yeah, it, was a, it was a gif of a leprechaun dancing, and you said Travis had tootsies. Travis on his way to tootsies. Uh, and unfortunately for the rest of us, uh, Travis's Ohio State Buckeyes did emerge uh, as the winners of that game. I was impressed with Notre Dame, man. I, I really was. I thought it was going to be a lot larger spread than that. So did Vegas. I didn't think we would cover, but I, f- I thought we, it would be a little better. But they put on a show, and I think the general consensus from most rational fans, so that's like, what, 10% of the actual fan base? You're being uh, generous. You know, we're massively impressed by the defense. And with the offense, they've built up enough equity under Ryan Day where it's like, okay, they had a little rough, you know, early start. They'll get it together. Nobody's worried about the offense. If it was flipped and it, we scored 50 points and gave up 40, fan base would be ready to be, you know, calling for Jim Knowles' job. So I think overall, Ohio State fans are happy. Now we got a couple weeks before Wisconsin comes into town. So Joe Burrow was at the Ohio State game. Do we know if he went to the LSU game as well? Because that might be an interesting development. He did put on his Instagram story a photograph of his jer- his soiled jersey. I think Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Clydro. I think it was those four jerseys um, on the field turf at – it's grass, but on the turf at Tiger Stadium in Death Valley. 
and uh, he wrote "Go Tigers" on his Instagram. So okay. he was there in spirit. Even well, and you got to remember, it's it's much easier for him being in Cincinnati to get to Columbus, and he went with Sam Hubbard, who played at Ohio State. Too. I know, I so, get it, but you know how everyone is. It's it's the optics oh, of everything. LSU fans have to be freaking out because LSU fans get so sensitive when Ohio State fans bring well, up Joe Burrow. Let me tell you something: LSU fans are sensitive today. That game was overserved last night. <laughs> Unbelievable football game. Uh, I mean, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. I, I, and on so many different levels, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Um, it just goes to show you, man, three phases of the game. You got to be so, so sound in all three phases. And I was talking to Kirby Smart last week ahead of the, the week one matchup against Oregon. And I asked him, what are the three most important things that I should know about your team going into this game. What three things must happen in order for you to win? And the last, uh, the, I guess the second one he told me, or maybe last, was special teams. He said, because nobody's really gone live. Nobody's gone full tilt, full speed in special teams. And week one is the first time you really see that. And Georgia specifically had a lot of new personnel on their special teams units. And then we see on Sunday night, that uh, LSU, you know, kind of fell victim to that in, in different phases of special teams. They muff a punt that was very costly. They, of course, have that final extra point blocked to, uh, to, to win the game for the Florida State Seminoles. Look, Mike Norvell needed that, man. I mean, like, he – I mean, it, did you it, see it him out it, on the it, field for, like, 30 minutes while they were reviewing that difference in one second? I mean, that guy was on a tightrope hoping that this game could go his way. Well, you got to understand. I mean, he, he has been through it down there, man. And uh, certainly a signature trademark victory, a uh, signature victory for him now in his tenure in Tallahassee. That program needed a huge win, and they certainly got it on the national stage with no distractions. I mean, I bet that game did an awesome number for ABC. Joe Tess and, uh, and Greg did a great job on the call. And they went into LSU's backyard. They went to New Orleans. That's that's LSU's territory. It's not like that wasn't a neutral game. Yeah. Can you imagine the blender of FSU fans and LSU fans on Bourbon Street? That is a very dangerous combination right there. Uh, I remember being uh, – I remember after LSU won the national championship 2019, walking out of the stadium uh, there at the Superdome. And just like it, it, I mean, I've never seen walking into quite, a sea of bourbon quite, quite like it, man. I mean, it, it was something else. Look, I, Brian Kelly's going to do great things there. He just is. Uh, you can, you can put that on the board. But my, uh, my biggest takeaway from that game, Jordan Travis really yeah. impressed me. Like he was running, but he wasn't going to just, he was, he wasn't going to take off immediately. He kept his eyes down the field. Like, he stressed that defense out, and so many times he found a guy opening up at the last second. Like he was, he looked good. He yeah, looked man, great, he looked like Patrick Mahomes Jr. out there. I'll tell you who else looked good was Anthony Richardson for the Florida <sighs> Gators. Yep. What a, I mean, it, so many games from Talked the about backyard brawl to Utah going into the swamp to that one we just discussed on Sunday night. There were just unbelievably great games. All over the – I mean, North Carolina North. goes into Boone. 
into Appalachian State and App scores 40 points in the fourth quarter. They combined for 62 points in the fourth quarter, I think. And and Carolina emerges uh, by so stopping that game, App. That game and the LSU game, have y'all seen the YouTube video of that 1994 high school game between John Tyler and Plano East? It's like it, it is – it just twists your gut to watch a team come back like that and think they have a shot and then just lose at the end. If you haven't watched it, Marty, I don't know if you've seen it. it it's it's incredible. And it – I don't know. It makes you – it really makes you think about the things you're grateful for in life because if you're one of those guys – on um, the team that lost in that high school game and the radio announcers, all of it. It is one of the most perfect YouTube videos that's ever been made. Uh, I'll definitely check it out. But the, the NC State East Carolina game, uh, you know, state, everybody has massive expectations for state this year here in, in North Carolina. And you know, they go over to Greenville, and, and ECU gave them everything that they could have imagined. And ECU had every opportunity to win the game. Kicker had a rough day. But, look, I mean, it, it, was, it was a wild weekend, week one of college football. And I just we, – we have such a voracious appetite for this sport across this country. And – just so many great games and great matchups, uh, but I don't know. All right, I, enough enough about that. Tell me about this career highlight moment with John Daly <laughs> on the set of Marty and McGee. Well, so JD's been a friend of mine for a while, and uh, the folks at SEC Network asked me if I could get him to come on the show, and. So, of course, I, I tried, and ultimately he, he said yes. And he's a humongous Arkansas fan, uh, second biggest Arkansas fan I know behind JM and Justin Moore. And uh, and so John shows up, and he does Marty McGee, and we have a good time. We're messing around and playing a little beer pong without the beer. And he was not very, very impressed by that. <laughs> but – they made the decision this year, uh, my bosses did, that they wanted us to do Hillbilly Headlines twice. Hillbilly Headlines, for all seven of you who listen to the podcast here, uh, Hillbilly Headlines is a staple of the Marty and McGee program. We read Redneck News every single show, and people love it. I mean, they tune in a lot of times just to hear us do that. And my bosses decided they wanted us to do Hillbilly Headlines in Marty and McGee, and then they wanted us to do Hillbilly Headlines in SEC Nation as well. So the, the time increment between John reading his Hillbilly Headline on Nation and, and appearing on Marty and McGee was like 90 minutes or more probably. And so that 90 minutes – uh, must have entailed quite a quite a few for for John. I don't know, but um, I was off at a tailgate doing a different segment. McGee and I were. We get back anyway. We get back and we um, I do my Stetson Bennett conversation, and then I run over to our set where JD and McGee are waiting for me. Sit down, and it's time to do Hillbilly Headlines again. 
So McGee's like, all right, we're going to get started with somebody that we believe is one of our people here. John Daly, lead us off or whatever. And J.D. just goes, well, I ain't going to lie, I'm drunk. <laughs> and I, I couldn't breathe, man. Like, I could not breathe. I, I, I mean, it was one of the funniest – it was one of the funniest things I've ever been a part of on TV, along with the viral video of us talking about Paul Feinbaum's haircut and leave the sides. Well, I think this one might pass it because it has like the lightning strike. You get to the punchline in a matter of like three seconds. This thing's going to be well, viral as well. What's interesting is, is that was the headline that John had that was this guy who got pulled over and looked right at the cop and goes, hey, man, I ain't going to lie, I'm drunk. <laughs> So it was just this beautiful, symbiotic, seamless transition moment. And, you know, John's entire brand is vodka and lung darts yeah. and, and major championships. I mean, that's John's brand. And so it just was unbelievable, man. And, and it, it really did. I don't, know, I don't know if I've ever had a moment that – I got on the airplane to fly home, Okay. We left Arkansas and went straight to the Northwest Arkansas airport. We go through security. We have like eight minutes before we board the plane. All of us are in the bar just firing back beers as fast as we can get them in. And as I got on the airplane, I got a text message. Forgive me, I don't remember from whom. But I get a text message, and he's like, bro, look at this. And it was a te uh, tweet and I hit the tweeter, and the video, which had been posted like 45 minutes ago, had done 968,000 views already. And then yesterday, I, I, uh, this yesterday being Sunday, I was sitting there, I got done with my workout, and I got done with all my stuff I was doing in the morning, and, uh, you know, watching college football final with my brother from another, the great Matt Barry and, and the boys, and uh, watching my church service, et cetera, et cetera. And I just put on the tweeter, name this band. It's all I, it's all I wrote. I mean, it has hundreds of responses what was the best one you saw best oh handful. i don't even know man I don't, I don't do a whole lot of looking at twitter i mean i did see one thing where lebitard had a good one that one i actually had to i, I texted lebitards to john daly i'm like look at this what was it they made a they made a lebitard boys made a uh they took my photo and they made they like doctored the photo to look more artsy and all it says is drunk across the top and it says uh, it has the parental explicit lyrics warning on it really funny john loved it all, of course you know jd he wrote back like i don't know about them but that looks like three sexy sexy mfers to me <laughs> so um <laughs> paul pavs from dan patrick's show uh, tweeted straight out of razors <laughs> uh, this other fan tweeted <laughs> he ain't wrong fan. mcgee did shave the other day though but he uh I guess he took a bunch of grief for cutting off his beard, so he grew it back. Here's one. But, a person, uh, Vol and SC tweeted, Leonard Skinner covered band, quote, ooh, that smell. Oh. <laughs> there are, I mean, hundreds, I know there's hundreds ZZ of responses. ZZ Bottom. 
I had ZZ to laugh. Bottom. Like, the most the most Twitter machine thing I may have ever seen is this. So, I got on there this morning. I was looking through a lot of the college football programs feeds, and I saw a, a tweeter directed at me from this eight-year-old little boy who <laughs> plays like Pop Warner football or whatnot. And his name's Austin P. Ryan, I think. Yeah. His brother played at Florida, LaMichael P. Ryan. And Austin wanted me to retweet his highlights. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm making sure it's legit, and I still haven't done it yet, Austin. I'll, I'll take a look here shortly, bud. But I, I, I click on it, and <laughs> I'm watching sure this little – You know, at least a yeah, three-star. Just making sure I'm – I mean, again, I just don't engage in it very much, and this, that's where I'm going with this. A gentleman writes back, uh, Marty doesn't reply, but he's still a pretty good guy. <laughs> what the f- – God, I hate Twitter. Here's I know you don't things. need to have a LinkedIn, really, but that should be people, your LinkedIn bio. I don't reply, but I'm still a pretty good like guy. Judge, people judge other people based off of their engagement on a social media platform. Yeah. It's just like – yeah, that's why that's why I say this, Marty. People wonder when technology is going to take over the world. I know you don't know what Skynet is. That's a Terminator reference. You you told me in the I past know. you've never seen Terminator, which I can't of. really understand. Same. Wrap my head around that one. Um, but people wonder when technology is going to take us over. It already has, man. We're already we're already here. We're we're just living on Twitter. We're living on well, Instagram. And that's what it boils down to. All right, I've got two more names here. Uh, Mike Keene said Southern Comfort. I like that one. Pretty good. And then Chuck Williams said Triple Bogey. <laughs> triple Bogey. I'm sure that there are. Uh, I'm sure there are many not suitable for a family program. But uh, Speak, sp- speaking of cold beer, uh, Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, one of the best post game interviews I've ever heard. Travis, of. you complain about all the dog stuff on the show, but I think we talk about the Razorbacks more than anybody. I almost wore a Razorback hat. My my boys down there. I, I do want to take a minute to shout out my guys down there, Big Dalt. Uh, speaking of social media, I'm gonna this year. I'm trying to do TikTok. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. ESPN has nope. told us. I know, man. It's a, it's weird, man. Like I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. ESPN told us during our college football seminar, like they had this graphic up on the screen, and like TikTok is like a big deal, mm-hmm. right? So I'm trying to learn it. Austin, what's up, Hoss? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing, boss man? Thanks for your time, dude. Man, I, I can't complain, and, and no problem at all. Thanks for having me. I just want to get started with. Um, as a you know, guy born and raised in the South, right? I, all right, were you a Braves fan growing up? I was. I was more so of a. I was just a baseball player fan. Like, so I was a big fan of Yadier Molina, big fan of Pujols, big fan of Chipper. Like, so I watched all that around me. But obviously, you know, I, I, I grew up watching the Braves all all the time. So in a way, yeah, I, I was. All right, so I. I guess now that we have that on the table, I should maybe introduce our guest. It's uh, Atlanta Braves superstar Austin <laughs> Riley. Um, 
Good morning again. Good morning. Like but, I said, thanks uh, for right. having me. That said, you know, I, I grew up in the South, too, and I'm so proud to be Southern. I'm so gra uh, grateful that I was born and raised in the South. And all of us from Virginia and Appalachia, where I grew up, all the way to the absolute tip of Georgia and West, were Atlanta Braves fans growing up. Yeah. So having had that as a kid and now being like, like, like what, what is it like when the dream is your reality? Like I actually play for the Atlanta Braves and at the highest level. No, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, all I've known my whole life is baseball. I mean, for pretty much day one, I had a baseball bat in my hand. Um, you know, growing up, summers were, you know, I didn't have, I didn't go have summers where I went to the, you know, the beach or the lake or it was going to the baseball fields. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always had that passion. And, and, you know, I spent a lot of time um, in Atlanta, you know, at the Worldwood Bat. Like I spent, you know, my early teenager years, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, um, I like spent weeks and weeks in Atlanta playing summer ball. So like growing up, you know, around that Atlanta area a little bit, like to now then, you know, being, you know, Atlanta Brave to, you know, winning a World Series to, to you know, hopefully be here the rest of my career. Like it's, it, you, I can't put it into words, um, you know, how extremely best, blessed I am and, and fortunate I've, I've been. Did you grow up hotty toddy or Hell State? Oh, Hell State. Oh, he's Hell State, man. Come on, yeah. bro. So my follow-up question to that, I know you've been to uh, a bunch of games. You know, you, you've seen how uh, fired up SEC football fans can get. But now that the Braves, I mean, it's been several years in a row where they've at least made the playoffs. Right. How does this Atlanta home crowd atmosphere start to compare to some of those SEC crowds? Because for a while, Austin, the Braves just didn't have that kind of buzz at games, whether it was in the postseason or not. But they got it rolling at Truist right now. Yeah, but I think we broke the season single attendance record, and had, we still got a month. Unbelievable. Left of um, no, there's, you know, Atlanta fans are the best. They're super passionate. They love the game. Um, I tell guys, you know, I didn't realize how deep Atlanta fans were and like the roots and all that until we won the World Series and we came back and did the whole parade thing. That was absurd. Like to see, like we had basically two different parades. We had like downtown Atlanta parade, like where we drove through, and it was just like, you know, you couldn't fit another person in there. And then once we got to the battery, it was like, you, you, like it was unreal. I mean, they shut down, they let school out for the day. Uh, I'm sure work was that let out. That people were just skipping work. Um, no, they 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 don't compare to anybody else. And, and like I said, what you know, what we've. You know, Atlanta's, you know, and, and the Braves have built, like, that battery hole set up right there. Just, you know, all my buddies that come, um, you know, if, if spend a weekend. It's like they, they spend it. They go to the field uh, early just to hang out the battery and uh, and then come to the game. So, it's just an unbelievable setup, and fans are, are awesome. Yeah, the battery's great. It's interesting that you say that it was the parade that really drove home the magnitude of it for you. I was interviewing Stetson Bennett. Uh, George's quarterback yeah. just last week in Athens, and I asked him, you know, he wrote a movie, this dude. He, I don't know if right. you know his story, no, but no, no, I kept his story that. is unbelievable. Yeah. And 
he said the same thing. He said when they did the parade, he's looking around at all of these people going, my God, this means so much to these folks. It really does. I mean, like when we went to the battery at one point, there was apartment buildings, you know, you know, side by or in between us. Um, and like there were fans like just on top of the building. I mean, like you could everywhere you looked, there were fans. Like it was, it was crazy. You you had a video on your Instagram uh, right around the All Star Game time, and you know, full of gratitude to be an All Star, all of those things. And the background music, the underlaid music, was South on you by Luke Combs. All right, how do you care? Obviously, you're a big country music guy. All of us are too, but. That was interesting to me that you chose that song. How do you still carry, with all your success, you've now seen the country for sure, and maybe right. the world, I don't know. How do you carry those Mississippi roots? You know, I just try to be as, as, as humble and as, you know, you know, I still say, people get on to me, and I still say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, to everybody. Like, it's just, like, part it's of me. And they're, like, and they're just like, you know, you don't have to do that. It's just... You know, I go home every off season. Um, I, I absolutely love Atlanta, but by the time season's over with, I got to get back to my small town. Uh, well, wow, what is it? What is why? Why? I, I think it's just it's who I am. It's it's what I've known from. I'm a homebody, um, and I care. You know, I care about the little things, and I think that's what you know. You know, a little town. That's just like everybody kind of knows everybody. They, you know, it's it's all about the little things. It's it's the simple. Um, you know, grilling out on a on a weekend and having a few beers, shooting some skeet, um, or whether it's at deer camp and and you're sharing stories of of you know last year's you know kill, hoping to kill another one the next day. It's just like those little I think moments and and stuff that I wish you know people that didn't know about it or hadn't experienced it could because you know it, it kind of you know it puts life into into perspective for me. The quarterback and the all-state punter of the high school football team always wants to come home, Marty. Come on. That's what it's all about. Austin, That's what right. was your uh, high school football experience like? Just talking about how the South stays with you. That is uniquely Southern. When you look back on how much high school football meant to your hometown and meant to you, uh, what are some memories that stick out there? Oh, I loved, I loved the Friday nights. Um, so my freshman and sophomore year, I quarterbacked. Um, and then – you know, obviously that's kind of the time when baseball was getting like pretty serious. I committed to Mississippi State sophomore year. Um, you know, summers were booked with uh, with baseball. So, and this is about the time seven on seven was getting like really big. Um, and I just couldn't commit to both. Um, so, you know, I told my, I ended up um, going to my coach. It was like, hey, you know, with seven on seven and stuff, I'm just not, I, like, it's just too much. Like, there was a guy there that was, you know, fully, you know, committed to football quarterback. Um, so I was like, hey, you know, I can't commit to this, um, but I still want to be a part of the team. So I ended up just taking over my junior and senior year all of the kicking game. So I punted, kicked, <laughs> and kicked off. Uh, and it was awesome. My cousin, uh, Keegan, um, he was the long snapper. So we'd show up 15 minutes, uh, first part of practice. Go over special teams and then get the heck out of there and go to baseball. So what number did you wear as a as a special teamer? Do I? What number did you wear in high school? Oh shoot, I think I. I don't even. I can't even remember. 
because you, like you hit me with the good I'm, one. I'm, I'm oh, you're like only this. 25. That wasn't, but like yeah, seven know, years I know, ago. I know, right? Not getting too many head-to-head <laughs> contact coaches, issues with the punter. Coaches wouldn't call us. Uh, he wouldn't call us athletes. He's like, y'all aren't athletes. I was like, that's messed up. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, What's he saying? I bet he's not saying that now. No. <laughs> no <he's not. laughs> but, I uh, just so you know, real quick. One of the guys that wrote South on you is a great friend of mine. His name's Dan nice. Isbell, and he is a Mississippi State Bulldog. Heck so yeah. He's a yeah. cowbell ringing son of a bitch, I'll tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we got a W this Saturday. So was I know. Start. The whole SEC did, except for Bruh. LSU last uh, night. Yeah, what about that? I mean, what you, did you watch it? Yeah, we were, I were keeping up with it. That was, uh, was an interesting turn of events. <laughs> a real interesting turn of events. <laughs> we were talking about it earlier in the show. I mean, it just shows you how vital all three phases of the game are. Mm-hmm. And when all those coaches annoy the hell – I mean, look, my real job is college football, right? That's right. my real job. But right. when all those coaches give us all that coach speak stuff and we just roll our eyes about fundamentals and blocking and tackling, we're like, whatever, it's, man. Yeah, you just don't it, – it's the same there thing as for us. It's like when you, we have to go through and spring the whole, the whole um, PFPs, blunt defense. It's like you don't want to do it, but – that moment that it you know it shows up, you got to be able to execute it. And if you don't, that's when it gets talked about. Something about what's Ron the college Washington. football fandom like in the clubhouse? Pretty pretty solid. I mean, it was on. I think everybody's just more just. For me, I'm not the biggest NFL fan. I just I'm college football. I guess as soon as college football, right up, show, boss. Yeah, it's all about like it doesn't <laughs> matter who's playing. I'm watching college football. Um, so it's 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 all over. We you know every TV yes. Um, Day before yesterday, it was it was on every TV, all, all the games. So it, we we keep up with it for sure. Austin, can you explain the dynamic of playing for a guy like Brian Snicker? You know, you mentioned the the interaction you had with your high school football coach, but it's different in Major League Baseball. Snit just kind of sets things up for you guys, unless you go out there and execute. You've also got Ron Washington pushing you as kind of a traditional. Uh, you know, brand to your rear end to keep you motivated and all those things you don't want to do, like you said, in fielding. But playing for Brian Snitker, a guy that really has a, a similar story to an underdog like Stetson Bennett, just been hanging around yeah. the Braves forever, an interim guy, and then lo and behold, leads the Braves to a World Series. What kind of presence does he bring to this organization? You know, very like poised, like nothing, you know, he's always, he's going to let you go play. And I think that's what you know, for me personally, is is has helped me. You know, progress in my game is just you know you're gonna play every day. Us position players, we know that we're gonna get in there every day and play. Um, and, and, and like I said, he, he just you know he has that confidence. He, you know, he doesn't you know may go through like a little slump. He's not gonna say anything to you. He's just gonna let you kind of do your thing. Um, and, and I think that's what you know. He, like you said, he just has that no no sense of panic ever. Um, it's just, you know, he goes out, out about his business and, and manages the game. And, you know, kind of what you said, that that leg, that his story is pretty sweet. And I think that's what, you know, I said a lot last year when we won a World, World Series. It's, you know, Snicker, Freddie, those guys that came before us have, or had been here before, you know, for sure me, um, and been through those dog days of, you know, when, when Atlanta was not good and, and – and to see, you know, kind of, you know, that rebuild and, and them stick through it. Um, and to them when, you know, me be a part of helping them win a World Series, that was, I think, the coolest moment for, for me. And just like I said, to see what, you know, what all they've been through and finally, get, you know, 
be at the you know the top of the top was was pretty cool. He's awesome. Brother, you mentioned being a pretty simple guy. Don't need a whole lot, but I can't help but wonder how does signing the richest contract in the history of a franchise. I mean, how does two hundred plus million dollars guaranteed impact a life? I mean, try to encapsulate for us like what that is. You know, I've always feel like I've been you know taught to give more than I get. Love so I'm, I'm you know my I'm pretty simple. I, I you know people have come up and asked me that question a, a, a couple of times of like, all I want personally is to, you know, set my family up, you know, obviously you have, you know, financial security for my, my kids. Um, and, and I want hunting land. I want to, I want to, I want a big piece of hunting land that I can, you know, when baseball's over with, um, you may never see me again. Um, <laughs> um, and, and that's, that's really about, about it. I'm, I'm, I want something in back in Mississippi, um, that I can, you know, you know, grow my own, and um, that's 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 the goal. You can afford to go on a lot more trips with Chipper now, too, so that's great news. <laughs> that is true. How much did he impact your Braves fandom growing up? You know, he, he was someone, you know, obviously playing third base. He's someone that you, you looked at uh, and tried to mimic your game. Um, and I think what I've learned from him the most is just the mental side of the game. Um, being able to, to talk with him, you know, through the minor league system and, and you know, early on uh, when I got called up is just how to like, how to dissect a pitcher, how to, you know, how to, you know, try to be a couple pitches ahead of them. Like how, you know, if they throw this, you know, there's a good chance this is coming. Just learning how to to almost think along with the, with the pitcher and even a catcher, how they call games. Um, because, you know, some guys get in tendencies. Just being able to, like I said, like I said, the mental side of the game, I think it's what I've learned the most from from him. Awesome. Have you gone hunting with Chipper yet? Uh, I haven't. Um, I have not. Uh, hopefully we, that that links up at some point. <laughs> I know he's in Nebraska right now, where where I go with the real tree guys. So uh, he's on a pretty good one. Uh, so I hope I hope he kills. I know that you're uh, you're about to do some work with Moultrie. I think they're a huge backer and partner of ours okay sweet here at outsider and and this podcast they're wonderful people hannah nice. and everybody over there have been awesome. so great to us here uh at outsider and and on on this podcast if you could go like what is the best type of hunt i'm a bow hunting guy i'd yeah. rather leave every gun at the house and just right. take a boat what, what where right. are you on this so i'm you know I have a couple a couple bucket lists. I want to I want to kill a, a huge buck with my bow in Iowa. Like that's that's one one goal. And then I want to you know once I'm done with baseball, September uh, elk while they're bugling. That's that's my two two bucket lists. And that's probably you know not a don't really want to go to you know Africa or anywhere. I just want to you know elk, whitetail, and, and you know probably a mule deer. Those How did three. you get introduced to hunting, your old man? Uh. A little bit more. My uncle, my uncle Heath. That's what I killed my first deer with. My uncle Heath. Um, my How dad, old were you? Fish. I was. Uh, I think I was eight. Oh I my gosh, my that's awesome. Yeah. So um, no, my my dad's more of a fisherman. Loves to fish. Uh, killed my first deer uh, with my uncle Heath, and killed my first deer with my my uncle with my bow. So uh, he's he's the one that's kind of driven that that passion there. Outstanding, man. Yeah, I mean, when, when you learn from a guy like Uncle Heath, you know it's going to be a lot more fun than going on the trip with your dad because Uncle Heath lets you get by with a lot more, right? 
Uncle Heath is a fun uncle. Right. Yeah, he's from a small town. And you may know Winona, Mississippi, not far from Starkville. Um, yeah, so I, I, I spent a lot of time growing up there, um, you know, weekends, especially during hunting season. I was begging my mom to, to go down there to spend spend time at hunting camp with them. You get to listen to three country artists the rest of your career. Who are they? Wow, Jesus. That's a tough one. You won't get asked. You will not get asked a more difficult question the rest of the 2022 nope, season. Asking you this in the Braves clubhouse, I guarantee it. George Strait, Luke Holmes, and Hank Williams Jr. I mean, that's a pretty damn good trio, yeah. Bubba. Hey, right. I think that's pretty pretty solid there. What's Strait's best song? Ooh. <laughs> I, we, actually, I just I, said you wouldn't get asked a more difficult know, question in right, 22, I and I just uh, – I lied. You know, he's got about 500 number Troubadour ones to pick is a from, good so. one. I, I like them all. I mean, I just – you know, I think between him and Luke Holmes, they just don't write a bad song. What is your walk-up song right now, Austin? I haven't been to a game in, in about a month. Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song. Oh, that's a good one. That's badass. Yeah. That's a real good one. Does it actually <laughs> fire really, you up? Really Do you one. even hear it, or are you just so locked in when you get to the point? No, I hear it. Like okay. it, gets me, it gets me like that first little beat gets me going. It's kind of locked in. I love that. I love that. I always wonder if it actually does anything for the guys or if it's just like a little flare of what they like. Or Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's that, like Michael Harris has like 50 of them. Uh, yeah, he, just <laughs> he changes it up, so, but hey, he's so a young he, cat. He's he, got uh, he, he can't really lock in and focus as much. He's a little bit easily distracted. Right, yeah. No, Speaking he, of he, teammates, your boy Spencer Strider. Uh, the stash, right, baby. My man is just – he is just hooping right now. I mean, right. this, this guy is unbelievable. He has world-class lip fur. He's built like a frog, <laughs> man. He has like no he upper body. He has a peace sign stitched into his ball glove. This He, he seems like he's a Clemson Tiger. Right. Like, you got to tell me – tell us a story about this cat. You have to have, like, an unbelievable st- – he seems like one of those dudes like Eddie Harris. You want to talk about a guy that looks like, like he'd be on 48 hours with his face blurred out. Like, he, <laughs> he looks like a stone-cold right. killer, dude. Yeah. No, I mean, he's pretty, like – you know, he's super into his health. Like, he's vegan. Like, he's, he's like, the most – He's like he's pretty jacked. Like he's like his legs are huge, but he's yeah. like the most flexible guy. Like I know, it's like his little superstition thing, and he he may not want me to tell this, but uh, I know he shaves everything. Like like his, his thing, like right the day before start to make sure the the mustache is popping. Um, so it um, is popping. Yeah. I mean, if if it is if it is nothing else, it is popping. He should take right. out an yeah. insurance policy on that stash right now because I think Split. it has magical powers. I tell you, like, the funniest thing is, like, whenever – because they, they, they give out mustache, like, little stick-on mustaches at the game. And, like, they'll, like – when he's starting, they'll, like, go around the camera. And, like, 60-, 70-year-old women are, like, mustached up. Well, last year like, you had 40-year-old men pearls. wearing pearl necklaces. Pearls, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so, it's like – it cracks me up. It's pretty good. He like I said, And what he did the other night was, you know, I think Max Reed says, like, man, you shouldn't even take out a glove really have you been a part of a an individual performance like that with the braves that jumps out in your memory that was no i i I haven't i mean just the the pure dominance of what he you know displayed was was what was the most impressive to me it's just like you know they you know i've been on the other side of that like facing the Degrom, like you just don't have a chance like it's it's just one of those days you got to tip your cap (laughs) Yeah. Who's the hardest pitcher right now to uh, hit against? Um, it's either DeGrom or Sandy Alcantara. 
from the Marlins. He's he's pretty gross, um, especially when he's feeling fresh. Um, so. All right, before we get you out of here, uh, just give us your, your perspective on the, the rest of the season. You guys are playing extremely well. Right. And uh, it looks very promising again, brother. I like where we're at. We got a really good squad. And, and, and I think, you know, I think a lot of what goes unnoticed, you know, when a team's trying to make a run, is just the, com- like the camaraderie and the, the clubhouse, like, dynamic. And we got a really good one. Like, we got a good core group. We pull for each other. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, when you go through those struggles, that's what helps you pull through uh, is when you have a, a group of, of guys that, that are pulling for each other. And, and, and I think we're, you know, obviously we want to be in first place. And, and, you know, we're still chasing the Mets. I think we're one game back right now. Um, and, and I like where we're at. We're playing good baseball. Um, even this like, like this little stretch Dansby and I were talking about, it's like we left a lot of runs out there from a, from an offensive standpoint. So it's like, you know, we still got some uh, some stuff to clean up there. And, and, and I think that's encouraging because, like I said, we're winning ball games. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to this last month and, uh, you know, see where we're at in the playoffs. Austin, not to take anything away from the guys that are out there succeeding, but the biggest testament to how – dynamic your clubhouse is was last season with Ronald going down and this season with Ozzy not being able to go and Ronald not playing to his standard not playing to the level that he would want to and you guys are still mashing man and I think that really AA's uh, assembly of the team the roster is obviously amazing but you guys are a true team and that's what makes it so fun to watch so obviously we're all pulling for you well, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Yeah, it should be, should be a good little 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 run this next month. One of the more regrettable. I promise we'll let you run. One of the no, more regrettable good. days of my life was in the Danville, Virginia bowling alley. <laughs> Danville, Were you in Danville, Virginia, oh, long yeah, enough that. to ever go to that bowling alley and drink I cold did beer? Not, but I feel like I, I was like forced on Bojangles like every day. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I didn't, you know. I remember the Danville days for sure. <laughs> One thing we do on this show is we champion our veterans. We're so grateful for freedom. Right. We're so grateful that we can walk out the door every day and do and be whatever we want. Right. Because we live in a free land, and it's because of them. No doubt. And I know that you are extremely engaged in, in championing our veterans. Share with us how. Yeah, no, um, you know, I had my first, uh, you know, charity event teaming up with Red, White, and Blue. Um, and I think it was just more so of just – you know, I, I don't have any military, you know, family, like no, no military background, but it was like growing up um, in the outdoors, watching hunting, you know, you saw like the, the on the outdoor channel of, you know, these outdoorsmen taking these veterans hunting and, and, um, and seeing like the, the, you know, just the joy on their faces, learning their stories. Um, so, you know, whenever, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to, to sign to, to Atlanta long term, I think that was something that was always been passionate, you know, and, and for for that. And, and like I said, hopefully one day, you know, if I do get this, you know, my dream land and purchase that, like that's something that I want to do is to take veterans hunting, learn their stories. Because like I said, I, th- I feel like they get put on the, the back burner, uh, especially these days. Um, so just try to, to raise as much awareness in that. And um like I said, it's something that that's dear to me, and and hopefully it's it's you know the, what we did this year at Top Golf uh, was was outstanding. Uh, my team did a great job, and, and hopefully it just builds on that every year uh, for for the next uh, however many years it 
you know, it takes place. What a lot of people don't know about that is that you guys had just wrapped up a game very late the night before, and you and you you still made it, and your teammates still made it. And, yeah, and that, that was, was awesome. awesome for my yeah teammate. I mean, we got in at like I think four thirty in the morning. Um, and I had like fifteen teammates show up, so you know, couldn't you know the support that they showed was was awesome. Snet showed up too, um, so it was it was good, good turnout for sure. Love it. You're so right. Uh, it's it's vital that folks with with large platforms take the time and the initiative to care for our veterans, no doubt. appreciate our veterans, and promote what they're going through. So really yeah. appreciate you doing that, and thank you for your time, boss. Yeah, thank Thanks, you, guys. Austin. Have an amazing uh, rest of the season and. Go dogs! Those dogs. dogs. Sorry, Wes. Those dogs. That's okay. We got dogs right. on dogs a little bit later this season, but we can hold off until there you then. go. What an awesome job to Travis to to get him on and have the opportunity to. Ch- I mean, look. I mean, we're we're this little old little old podcast and have the opportunity to chat with all stars. And one of the big reasons is because of Moultrie. I I love their products. I know they're doing a whole lot with Cutler as well on outsider platforms. Um, I just asked her for more of these. These just came, I got them everywhere. If you guys want to have great trail cameras, these are the ones. The Moultrie Micro 42i. I mean, you talk, I think it's 13,000 images. It has an invisible flash. What I love about it is it has an invisible flash and Thereby, you're not spooking animals. You're not scaring animals. They are moving freely through your food plots and moving freely across their normal pathways, hither and yon. And uh, we've got so a garden fun. plot, Marty, and something keeps getting in and destroying our watermelons. Well, Just I need to send you one of these, burning. Wesley, so you can figure, figure, figure out what out. it is. Yeah, we got to. You need the Moultrie Micro Forty Two I, buddy. Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, I love to hear, like, you know, when when you sign a contract like Austin did with the Braves, I mean, it's $212 million. You just go, holy bleep. Mm -hmm. But I love his answer. Look, I'm a pretty simple dude. I just want my family to be well taken care of and well cared for. I want to give. I want to be philanthropic and care for other people. I want to give back to veterans with that money. And I want to buy a bunch of land back home in Mississippi so I can go slay Huge bucks. <laughs> I love it. And I got to say, Wes, I didn't know that part of it. I knew about the charity, but the fact that, you know. So that's the, that's the added benefit you have from someone that lives near the Atlanta market, a daily listener of 680 The Fan and their Atlanta Braves content. And I heard one of Austin's teammates talking about it and gave me some intel that I needed to make this show really sing. So good job to you. And I'm glad I could deliver a little something myself. So you mentioned, uh, well, he brought Luke Combs, and you mentioned him too. Did you see, I mean, Luke Combs, we know, is an, an awesome guy. Did you see what he did for his fans in Maine? Nope. So, no. well, there's two stories. One, there's there's these little kids. I think it was the, f- the first show in Maine. They had a sign that they, like, did yard work to raise money to buy tickets to the concert. Luke gave him, like, 150 out of his pocket and then said, my guy's going to take you, meet you, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to pay you for the rest of what you spent on your, for your tickets because you worked hard to get that money to buy the tickets. That's awesome. Then the next night he comes out, and before the show, st- I want to say it's before the show starts, he talks about how he's not feeling well and he's going to refund their money, everybody's money at the show. And you can, you can feel it like they're going to be disappointed. He goes, hold on a second. 
He goes, I'm still going to sing. I, I can't do it at the level that I want to do it at. I need you to help me sing, but I'm, I'm still performing, but I'm refunding your money because I can't give you the show that you deserve. Dang, that gives me chills, man. I mean, and you could see he's, he takes his hat off and starts to kind of well up. And, I mean, just what an awesome dude to go out there and be like, I can't give you what I deem, you know, is what I, you deserve. That it, it, Just an awesome thing by him. Mm. Well, they're very aware of – I mean, one thing about Luke that I love is if you really, really dive into his writing, and one thing I love about him as an artist is he writes it all, uh, along with some really talented guys, the Isbell brothers and – and Ray Fulcher and all those guys, Jonathan Singleton, the guys he writes with are his homeboys. And one thing they're very in tune with is, they, I mean, they write about this, that people are saving money. They're saving three, four weeks worth of paychecks in order to have the money to go see them play and, uh, and buy the parking and buy the tickets and all the stuff so that that one time, they can see that person perform. And it's one thing I admire so much about Eric. You will never see anybody like that. You'll, nev you'll never see a better live performance than Eric Church gives you. You will not from anybody in any genre ever. He absolutely sells out in every possible way. And, you know, you talk about free shows. I mean... Laney and I were just sitting there last night having some cocktails out here at the pool, and I was talking about Eric playing New Braunfels, Texas, and those makeup shows that he played because he went to the Final Four to watch North Carolina Tar Heels in the Final Four. Those were free shows. He refunded everybody's money. Yeah, no one really reported on that as much as they reported on him canceling. Well, there you go. Um, well, I did. Yeah. So, anyway, source of news uh, I need: Marty Smith podcast. We uh, we're really grateful that Austin took the time. I mean, look, y'all, you gotta understand when he's out west. He's out west right now too. He's out west. He's, he's one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, much bow hunting in Oakland. Daggum all star, and uh, just amazing that he took the time. Really appreciate him and and our great friends at Moultrie. Travis uh, helping get him on, and he was he was awesome. I love getting that perspective about the clubhouse. I love getting the perspective about the cohesion, what he believes their potential mm -hmm. is, and the way they're playing right now. It certainly seems like their potential is extremely lofty. Yep. Uh, Travis, of all people, told us uh, that he has some. <laughs> Here we go, Travis. Parental. Let's hear it. You guys, some you guys parental advice for us. You guys are going to love this. So I stayed at my friend's house and he's married and has a three-year-old. And so it's Saturday morning and I'm up at like 6 a.m. And I'm the lights on in my room, but the doors closed and I'm just on my phone. And it's like 6.15, 6.30. Why are sudden, you up at 6 a.m.? Why is anybody up? They wake up. They woke up. So, you know. If I was unencumbered like you are, I'd be asleep till like 9 a.m., bro. Listen, what I wake up doing? at like 6 every day, Wes. Okay. Um, he really all, does. That's a tr that is. I did a not fact. know I that about you. It's kind of so, a surprising fact. I, I I I hear this little voice. I need help. Help. <laughs> so I open up my door, and the bathroom um, is across the hall. And my buddy's three-year-old is standing there. He's got his shirt on and his pants at his ankles. <laughs> I pooped, and I need help wiping. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is a I challenge when you have those short little arms. It's a long and way so, to go. And I know, and I knew that the parents are asleep and I, you know, could I have gone in and woke them up and they even said, why didn't you wake me up? And I was like, well, you guys are sleeping. So Travis, tell me you didn't wipe this kid's butt. So I go, all right. And so he's Travis, standing and I've, for people that are, they need to watch the video. So he's standing like this. And so when I do the toilets to his right. And so I start walking in, he literally just goes like this and turns and sticks his butt out. And so at six thirty in the morning, I'm having to wipe this little kid's ass. If that don't wake you up, <laughs> you're still asleep. That right there is a big old serving of no-dos, <laughs> let me tell you, son. And so then later in that day, we're at his soccer practice like 10 in the morning, and my uh, buddy's parents were in town. And the dad. And he's like, hey, see that guy over there? I made him wipe my ass for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so my buddy's dad's like, so this is what your Saturdays are morning, Saturday mornings are like, right? And I'm like, no, David, they are not. And his mom's like, well, what are they normally like? I'm like hungover. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Travis, because you get, you get conditioned. It doesn't take you long to not be scared of, of the bodily functions of oh, a toddler it, when you're a parent. But for someone who doesn't deal with so that every bad. day, I have to imagine that was a pretty aggressive wake-up call. It smelled so bad, and it was everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it was – I like not having kids. <laughs> it was uh, – well. I mean, I, th there are more times that I can count that we had blowouts. Uh, it wasn't parent, a blowout, to its credit. Every parent he, can relate. To his credit, he made it to the. Like he was in the. It was in the toilet, like he didn't poop his pants. Luckily, oh gosh, he's he's three. Yeah, I mean, hopefully yeah. he's somewhere in the neighborhood. Travis got really excited when he said "poop his pants." There was a lot of peas yeah. popping poop. in his microphone. But yeah, so that was uh, that was. Travis loves weekend. using those those mommy Travis, words. Travis, when was the last time you pooped your pants? When's the last time you tt'd on yourself, Travis? Oh, I mean, I know I've pissed myself when I was drunk before. Um, like I have a buddy who will remain nameless who once uh, we went out and had a couple too many and we crashed at a, a friend's house and uh, he got up in the middle of the night and went to the john mm -hmm. and uh, it's a laundry basket wasn't it woke up, <laughs> woke up the next morning and we're just kind of hanging out and the oven gets turned on for like some <laughs> No. Pillsbury no, Swiss cake no, rolls. No. And all of a sudden it's like, huh, why is the why is the oven door open? And what's in there? Like, no, why is it all no. wet? My buddy had uh, relieved himself in the oven. <laughs> that ain't oven cleaner, boss. Nope. Yeah, you got to watch out for your friends who have urinary issues when they drink. Because everyone knows someone who does, and you just gotta keep. Sounds your head like on Travis is one. Yeah, it does sound like that. Learning a lot about Travis in this last little home stretch segment. I you still haven't answered me why you're backlit like a Dateline anonymous a source. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend, and I'm at an alternate recording location. You're at the cabin or something? He's, he's at his lake yeah. studio. Yeah. Studio B, baby. I, I have a ring light, I promise, but it's just no match for what's behind me right now. And this was really the only place I could do the show. So well, we're I've rocking there, with dude. it. I, I'm not judging at all. I've done yeah. Marty and McGee. Uh, I've done Marty and McGee over to Emberglow Resort, and I looked like an extra on Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, it doesn't help that you are. I mean, you started this podcast. You got the video started, and you'd have your shirt on, and yeah, I was I nervous. We'd have, to, we'd have to blur that out to show that we can't. The public cannot see how pasty you are. So a lot of I am. Imagine. The show made me nervous. I'm a brand of pale that is very difficult to duplicate. However, um, I am fit. On that note. I gotta be. I gotta be honest with y'all some, about something before we get out of here. I have always been a workout snob. I've always been completely averse, not even averse, like judgmental almost of app classes, like app app workout classes, like pre-recorded and, stuff. Yeah, right? Lainey loves them. Like Lainey does them all the time. She loves them, and she feels motivated watching them. But I've always been the guy like, man, I was an athlete once. Like, I, I know how to work out. I don't, need any, I don't need somebody telling me how to work out on an app. They're not going to motivate me. Well, recently I have been bored with my workouts. So I have a Peloton, and I do the bike all the time and whatnot. But the Peloton application has all these different workouts on it, right? So for the last few days, I have I have sucked it up and said, I'm going to go do this Peloton workout. I'm going to make myself do it. Boys, i got to be honest with you. They have whipped my ass. Mm. They have, and they're short, not like they're like hour-long workouts. They're like 20-minute, 20, 20, 25-minute. 20 and 30 minutes. I try to do 30 minutes, and mm. I do the most advanced level, 30-minute advanced and they have whipped my tail, if I'm being completely honest. They're awesome. Lainey's tired of me talking about them already. I'm like, babe, you got to try these workouts. And she's looking at me like, hey, dumbass, I do them all the time already. I've been telling you you need to do them. So, and I can do them on the road because they're right here on my See? devil's I got some, communicator. I got some free advice for you, uh, workout tip. We talked a few months ago about the song that you don't want your friends to know that actually motivates you in the gym. Yep. This is somewhat similar to that. I wasn't listening to any music, and I was trying to do the next level up and increase in weight on my bench press routine last week before I mangled my foot. And I was on the last rep, and I swear to you guys, I envisioned Irk Russell's bleeding forehead above me yelling at me calling me names that I won't repeat on the show because my daughter's around but I envisioned him just headbutting me and motivating me and I did extra reps and I didn't need an app for that so sometimes the power is just between your ears it's like old Rory McIlroy told me one time when I asked him what's the most difficult golf course you've ever played Mm. and he said the six inch golf course between my ears yeah we are a motivational marvel here, here we on go. the Mark so Smith podcast. A complete 180 from what we're talking about. I just saw this come across my Twitter feed. Uh, at the Columbus, or at the Cleveland Metro Parks Zoo, the zoo is currently in a lockdown mode as wolves have escaped their habit. Where is this? Habitat? What, what state? The, the Cleveland Metro Parks Zoo. Okay. So, so if you're Cleveland, in a Ohio. surrounding state of Ohio, you too may need to lock down just to be safe because wolves like wolf? can cover some ground. I found another song that I'm embarrassed that really gets me pumped up. Let's hear it. 
My first one, of course, was share. I found someone. And then I just realized that, because going back to the Peloton, they have this, Peloton has this thing called lane break, where it's not your traditional classes with uh, an instructor telling you what to do. It's almost like a video game kind of deal where you get points mm-hmm. for how hard you're running, how fast you're or, 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 or cycling, how fast, how difficult the challenge is, all this stuff, right? And, I, and Laney and I both love those too. But anyway, um, I did the Madonna Pop Divas lane break. And Madonna, open your heart, really got me pumped up, dude. Like I was dominating the Peloton when I heard her say, you know, open your heart to me, baby. Yeah. I mean, it's a jam, man. All right. We're, we're going to have to pay Madonna for that. Well, Travis is just going to have to, like, bleep it out or whatever. But Because <laughs> we know that she's a big listener. Really appreciate Austin Riley taking the time to share his insight with three degenerate knuckleheads. Travis, I'm glad you made it. I hate the fact that you don't have to dress like a leprechaun and go sing on Broadway. Wesley, congratulations to your Georgia Bulldogs. Thanks. It's fun uh, to watch. We got a real big one coming up here in a couple weeks, potentially at the University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Got to take uh, on the Beamers at noon in Columbia. And if you've been there, you know that it can just melt your flesh. So, rally up in that place. Um, really appreciate our law enforcement officials taking so much effort to keep our communities safe. Fire and rescue. Thank you guys to our first responders for. All of your heroism, saving lives every single day. Our teachers, thank you for what you're doing. You're helping all of us raise our kids and and doing your very best to teach them right from wrong and teach them the way that that we're trying to teach them here at home. It's a very difficult job. Thank you all. And thank you so much to our United States military, all branches. Thank you for your sacrifice. We're free, and we're grateful to be free. Really appreciate Moultrie being such an awesome sponsor. Thank you, guys. Uh, You have been unbelievably supportive of what we're doing at Outsider. So thank you. And any sponsor that helps me get a guest, I love them. So Moultrie is number one. Thank you all for taking the time. Hope hope you enjoy it. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review, follow, whatever all you're supposed to do. Talk about us on social media, TikTok, Twitter, Machine. I don't even know. Instagram. And let's buy wet. We need, I mean, we need some funding. We got to buy Wes a new light.